people told me they said it, it, they would ask me it, it's got to feel like you're you know drinking uh, water through a fire hose right now and I just chuckled to myself and I'm saying compared to the compared to the that experience in Jacksonville those last five games and having 11 games uh, uh, three games in 11 days and new new owner and all that this is nothing Well, today on Beyond the X's and O's, we sit down with a dear friend and a great coach, Mel Tucker, head football coach, Michigan State University. Uh, fascinating conversation. She talks about being a superstar athlete at Cleveland Heights High School in Cleveland, where football is the biggest show in town, all-state type player. Um, really cool conversation around dual sport athletes, uh, what he learned from being a dual sport athlete, and now at Michigan State, how he bases some of his evaluation on players that are dual sport athletes. Um, his recruiting process that got him to the University of Wisconsin and a list of names that he was with at the University of Wisconsin uh, that will blow your mind under, under Barry Alvarez. Uh, his quick climb up the coaching ladder, it actually started at Michigan State, the place where he is now the head coach. Uh, his first coaching advice he got from Nick Saban. Uh, and then uh, to me, maybe the most fascinating part of the conversation was the hardest job he ever had. And the hardest job he ever had was when, when he was the interim coach for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2011. Uh, how the complexity and challenges of that helped him be successful when he got the head job at Colorado and now Michigan State. We get his take on NIL, the portal, how they've embraced it. Uh, and obviously, we talk about his family that's been the support system behind all of this. I think you'll really enjoy this conversation with Mel Tucker. We'll fire it up today to have one of my dear friends, not just a great football coach, but a dear friend, Mel Tucker from Michigan State University on the Beyond the X's and O's podcast. Mel, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Trent. Thanks for having me, bro. I appreciate you. We jump in the same way with every guest, whether it's a Hall of Fame quarterback or a big-time coach. I want to know what Friday Night Lights was like at Cleveland Heights High School. I want to <laughs> talk me through your first start as a high school football player and, and what that atmosphere was like and what your nerves were like and everything going inside you. Yeah, oh, so, uh, you know, football is huge in Ohio, right? And, um, you know, growing up a, a Browns fan, you know, you always, you know, always want to play football. And, and uh, you know, our, our, the high school was uh, – was, uh, was a place where, um, you know, it, it was the it was the biggest show in town, and we had a really good basketball team. But football was was a deal, and you grew up in my neighborhood, like like going to the high school games and wanting to play, like wanting to play on the field. And I, I can remember getting out there as a sophomore, playing on defense, and uh, and uh, you know being under the lights, and uh, it being like the the most nervous that I've ever been in my life probably is <laughs> going out there with you know all all your all the friends all the people you grew up with all the parents all the all the like everyone in the whole neighborhood everybody in the whole school you know uh, you know watching you and and uh and not wanting to screw up <laughs> but uh no it was it was it was it was a lot of fun and um and uh again like it, it was just it was football and uh in Ohio and Cleveland was just just so important. Um, I mean, it was just it, it was a great. It, just thinking, I, I don't think about it that much, but just thinking about it now, uh, man, that was a that was a blast. 
that's the point of the podcast. Take you back down memory lane, make you think about these things. You're too busy building this program. You don't reflect enough. Now you're a dual sport athlete. I think this is a really important topic. Uh, you're an all state football player and we'll get into your recruiting process and, and your teammates at Wisconsin, but you're an all conference basketball player too. And, um, so much today we're finding specialization and, uh, I think it's bad for all sports. What did you learn and uh, how did you grow from playing two sports and playing both of them at a very high level? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, so growing up, it was always football, basketball, baseball. And and I, I, stopped, I stopped playing basketball my freshman year. I stopped playing baseball my freshman year in, in high school. But up until then, I'd always done, uh, you know, all three. And it was just that wasn't even a discussion really in my, mm-hmm. with, in my household and, and just, that's just what we did. Like you, you, you played on as many teams as you could get on. If you, if you can make the team not get cut, you were, you were playing. And so, um, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really uh, know anything else and that's just the way it was. But I learned, um, you know, I learned a lot from, you know, all my different coaches, you know, and, uh, and, you know, all the different types of teammates that I had, you know, in the, in the different sports, you know, growing up. And uh, and it just made me uh, just a better athlete. It, it, uh, I appreciate it. Um, the difference, the differences in the sports, I appreciate it. Um, the different strategies, I appreciate the, the, the coaching uh, that I got. And um, and it just, uh, I just, I just learned, uh, I just learned a, a lot more um, because I just had so many different experiences and practices and games and different different coaching and just being able to go from one to going from one to the next. Um, I just I just think it was just a better overall experience for me, and um, and I think and and I really um, I really can appreciate the different skill sets that you have to have to play the different sports, but also um, appreciate. Uh, a lot of the carryover, you know, that you get from one sport to the next in terms of, you know, skills and, and uh, you know, just skill development and, you know, how, how do you how do you get good? You know, you know, how do you practice and being being very deliberate about, you know, how you practice and how you prepare. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 th- I think it's important for 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 uh, for um, for athletes if they can, you know, to play as many sports as you can. I mean, and it really helps. I really appreciate that in the evaluation of, of like high school players, you know, yeah. do they run, tra- do they run track? Do they play basketball? You know, uh, high mm-hmm. jump, you know, triple jump, long jump, you know, center fielders in baseball, you know, all that type of stuff. I mean, wrestlers, I've never, I've never gone wrong with a wrestler, never gone wrong. I agree. Different roles, too. I think sometimes, and to speak into this, but we had Mark Sanchez on last season on the podcast, and he had the greatest dual sport athlete answer. He said, you know, he was a superstar in football. In fact, he was one of the the first, like, true five stars when the star rankings were first coming out in football, but yet he was a sixth man in basketball and on a great team. And he had to learn how to go from the star and the dude to yeah. the six man and the grinder and the grunt work guy. Do you, do you yeah. see that as well? And do you think there's value in that? Oh, there's huge value in that. I see that all the time with, uh, like in, with the guys that we recruit that like play basketball. They, they're like a great five, four five star football player where they play basketball and they come off the bench, you know, or they're, yeah. they're out there to give their five, five fouls, you know, 
uh, get some rebounds and get out of here, you know? And, uh, yeah. but, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I respect that, you know, I respect that, you know, there's even guys, you know, like, like, you know, they go out there and they run track, um, but they're not really, uh, they're not really scoring points, you know, they might just be practicing, but really not competing in the meets, you know, that much, you know? And so, um, you know, but, uh, you know, being part of a team, I think brings, it, it just, you, you, you learn so much, um, you know, and, uh, and then, you know, humility, I think is, uh, mm. is a huge, uh, is a huge strength. You know, if, if you have it, you know, being able to check your ego at the door and bind to something that's bigger than yourself, um, that, you know, that, that, that can, that will go a long way if you can do that, because, you know, when you're part of any organization, you know, it's all about, uh, you know, uh, you know, finding your role, you know, doing your job, you know, uh, helping the team win and, you know, whatever you're doing. Yeah. Let's talk about your recruiting process a little bit. Uh, obviously, you know, I'll say football players, so I'm guessing the recruiting process was pretty robust, but walk us through that quickly and then how you landed at Wisconsin. Yeah, um, I was, you know, I was a, a wishbone quarterback in high school. And so, um, and we we ran the same uh, offense in high school that uh, that they run they ran at Air Force with Fisher DeBerry and so uh, kind of you know growing up like uh, you know like in high school that was you know we were watching Air Force film you know and uh, and how they how they did everything so you know ultimately I was I was committed to the Air Force Academy. Um, and uh, to be, you know, to be to be a, a wishbone quarterback, and then um, you know, towards the very end of the process, you know, Coach Alvarez, um, you know, got the head job at Wisconsin, coming from Notre Dame. And Notre Dame, they were looking at me as a defensive back, and I remember Chuck Heater called me and said, "Hey, listen, um, it's not going to work out here um, at, at at Notre Dame for you, but I, I know that you're uh, committed to." to Air Force, but I think that you should, um, I think that you should, you should, you know, um, take a look at Wisconsin and you know, Coach Alvarez just, you know, just got the, got the job there. Um, Cause he and Chuck were on the, on the staff at, at Notre Dame together. And so, um, and Coach, Coach Alvarez hired uh, a coach by the name of Russ Jakes, who uh, had recruited as office coordinator. He had recruited uh, a teammate of mine a couple years ago to go to Northwestern. And, and Russ Jakes was from Cleveland, and I remember he, I remember him calling me and saying, "Hey, we just got here. You know, I remember you. You remember me. Why don't you come up here and take a look?" Um, and so, you know, I decided decided to do that. A guy that Mario Russo was a guy who coached my dad in college was in the administration in the athletic administration there, um, and Donna Shalala was the chancellor, and she was she's from Cleveland. Um, so, you know, I has, has some connections there. And so I took a look and, uh, you know, I, I said, I may not be a quarterback. <laughs> I may not end up being a quarterback, but um, I really liked, uh, I really liked what I saw. It, the, you know, the, the program had, had been on, on the decline, but they took me to a hockey game, a hockey uh, it, Okay. A game there in, in Madison, and the place was going berserk. I mean, it was like, it was so loud, it was nuts. I was saying, and I knew that Wisconsin had had good teams, like with with uh, with Coach McLean, like in 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 some you know uh, previous years, 
And I was like, if 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 they can get if they can get hockey going like this and people going crazy for hockey, just think what it will be like if when the foot if the football program could get going. <laughs> you know, that's seventy seven thousand people, you know what I mean? And so uh and so uh and ultimately that's what happened. But uh so I ended up I ended up going there and and uh, and you know it was it was a great experience for me and and you know learning from Coach Alvarez and his staff. Um, but you know that was pretty that was pretty much my my process. Well, it's pretty incredible. Um, I think your time at Wisconsin. I don't know if you've ever even thought about this, but your time at Wisconsin really can tell a story about the power of football and the networking in football. Obviously, Coach Alvarez did an incredible job with the football team. Earl Bevel, who's now the OC at the Jacksonville Jaguars, Chris Ballard who's the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, Troy Vincent, who's with the NFL. I mean, you're talking about identifying the right characteristics and people and then helping them launch, not just into, you know, the NFL, but then a life after the NFL. So a pretty unique class and, and kind of a, a vignette of how powerful the networking tool of football is. Uh, what else from your time in Wisconsin did you take with you as you've gone down this coaching uh, journey? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's amazing that you uh, that you bring that up. I mean, you know, Todd Orlando uh, was a great defensive coordinator. He was at Texas and yeah. uh, USC uh, most recently. And, uh, you know, Joe Rudolph, uh, offense line guy, you know, offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, he was there, Dewar Sharp, commissioner of the SWAC, you know, at some point. I mean, it, it was wow. a, a lot of guys that were were there. And, you know, Brad Childress was on that staff. Um uh, you know, Bill Callahan was on that staff. Jay Norvell was on that staff. <laughs> you know, so so it was a it was a lot of uh, you know great great football coach. You know, Dan McCarney was a successful uh, head football coach. You know, those were all you know my coaches. You know, so uh, you know I learned a lot from from those guys, um, and you know we still stay in touch to this day. Um, I also learned a lot about like. Um, also learned a lot about like, uh, you know, just kind of being like in a different environment. You know, I was eight hours away from home. You know, I'm from Cleveland. I'm, I'm going up to Madison, Wisconsin, you know, going into these lecture halls, 300, 400 people in there. And, and uh, you know, just being off on my own. And, you know, my one roommate is from was somewhere in Illinois. And we then we move off, you know, move off campus. And, you know, I got one roommate from Racine, another one from St. Louis, another one from New Jersey. I mean, you know, it's like, you know, uh, yeah. You know all these different types of guys. You know, all the all these guys from Wisconsin. You know from these small towns in Wisconsin. We were all like, uh, you know, we kind of all bonded, and it was just a, um, it was just a, a, it was a different experience for me. Um, you know, Cleveland Heights is University Heights. Cleveland Heights is a is a very diverse, uh, you know, kind of you know diverse environment. But you know, just going away from school and being that far away from home. Uh, was extraordinary, and and uh, you know me being used to seeing my dad at every single game, you know, like every you know every game, like that didn't happen. It was like I was, it was a time where I needed to really grow up, you know, and uh, and kind of kind of find my way and and uh, learn how to be you know even more resilient, you know, mental toughness, you know, uh, you know. Uh, getting a degree i got a i have a, a ag business degree there which was was not easy to get you know and trying to balance that and football and you know in life it was uh 
it was a tremendous experience. I mean, it really laid the foundation for me to be able to, to do what I'm doing today. Oh, I love that. Well, we're going to go our first break. When we get back, we'll talk to Mel Tucker about the beginning of his coaching journey. And his first gig was actually at the place where now he's the head football coach. We'll be right back. New Starbucks Buy Energy Drink. With caffeine naturally found in coffee fruit, it's energy that's good. It's a beverage that is crafted from caffeine naturally found in coffee fruit, as well as antioxidant vitamin C. It includes three delicious fruity flavors, mango guava, raspberry lime, pineapple passion fruit. A refreshing fruit flavored boost of feel good energy in a way only Starbucks can deliver. Starbucks buy energy drink packs energy and flavor that gives me that boost when gearing up to watch the big game, have a long day out on the field with the kids, or sit down and have a quality conversation for our audience. Starbucks buy energy drink is available online, at grocery stores, convenience stores, and gas stations nationwide. All right, back with Mel Tucker. Uh, awesome to hear about your journey as a player, uh, what you experienced with Wisconsin, but obviously you were one of the most successful coaches in college football, and that had to start somewhere. Uh, walk us through how that started. Yeah, uh, it started here in, in 1997 uh, with Coach Saban here at Michigan State. You know, Coach Saban had recruited me in high school. Um, he uh, was the uh, – he had just gotten the head job at Toledo where my dad played. My dad's in the Hall of Fame there. And uh, and uh, so I got to know Coach Saban through that recruiting process, and he always stayed in touch with my dad, even like when uh, you know, Coach Saban was with the Browns as, you know, defense coordinator for Belichick. So I, when I wanted to get into coaching, I said I wanted to get into college coaching. I wanted to be a defensive bats coach. And at that time, Coach Saban was regarded as uh, you know one of the best, if not the best, uh, defensive back coaches in the, in, the, in the nation, college or pro. And, uh, you know, I connect, connected with him, and, and he uh, – you know, he, he hired me as, as a graduate assistant, you know, in 97. I was making 400 bucks a month for like two seasons. And um, and that's it's kind of you know, how I got started. I mean, three of the first four years in, of my uh, coaching career, I was with Coach Saban, you know. And, uh, All right. Let's lean into that a little bit because you just blew by <laughs> that. And there's so many young coaches listening. And, and I've launched a few from here into the college world of GAs. I know you have them come through every year. Uh, and, and today's young coach thinks the GA job's kind of a one-year thing, and then they climb the ladder. <laughs> uh, what advice would you give to young coaches out there right now? They're just starting to climb the ladder, and they're like, okay, Mel Tucker's going to tell me one piece of advice. He was with Nick Saban as a first-year GA. What allows you to succeed as a young coach? Well, um, I remember Coach Saban told me um, day one, he says, you know, uh, the best players don't, don't necessarily make the best coaches and uh, coaching is teaching and you're gonna have to learn how to coach. You know, you're gonna have to learn how, you're gonna have to learn how to coach. And, um, and um, that was, uh, and, that's, and that's what I did and it was, uh, no, it was it was difficult because you know you you, you know you you are not you know you, you don't you're not making money, um, you know at that time there weren't there weren't uh, analysts and quality control guys and all it was two, it was two GAs on defense two GAs on offense there were two guys were off the field two guys were on the field and that was it and the coaches and that's all you had I mean you had to do everything 
you know, it was changing the ink in the copy machine, you know, going to get lunch, you know, gassing up cars, picking, uh, picking uh, kids up from, from, uh, from, from elementary school, you know, shoveling driveways, you know, w- w- filming. I was working in the weight Whatever room. Whatever it took. <laughs> Whatever it took, you know, and, 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 and so what I tell guys is, is, is take the opportunity to learn every aspect of, of the game, you know, not just the X's and O's and not just the recruiting, but, you know, see what's going on around you, you know, like the administrative assistants and video and trainers and, and strength and conditioning and, you know, uh, you know, operations, you know, see how, see how the sausage is made, see, you know, see how things are getting done. Um, and appreciate those things and, and understand them because, you know, it's one thing to be able to get a job. It's another thing to be able to do the job once you get it. And um, I never wanted to be in a situation where I, I had an opportunity. I wasn't prepared, you know. Um, and so the, the and a lot of guys are, you know, there. I was I was very impatient. You know, I, I'm in, I'm in, I'm impatient. I'm an impatient guy when it comes to coaching. So I, I get that, you know, guys want to, guys want to move up the ladder as fast as they can. They want to, they want to, uh, you know, get full-time jobs. They want to make money. Um, um, but, um, there are, there is a process and there are steps, um, that you have to take. There's things that you have to learn in order to be, to be a, a good coach, you know, not just X and O's, not just recruiting, you know, but learning how to be a good staff guy, you know, learning how to, to, uh, you know, do your job, have, you know, have a role, you know, be a professional, um, you know, appreciate the, whatever, you know, what everyone has to do in the organization. Um, you know, all those things, um, you, you know, you, you learn, you know, at the, at the ground level, like from the, from the, at the bottom, like, so as a head coach, you know, I know how long it should take to break down a, a game. You know, because I've done that. I know how long I know how long it's if I if I if I send someone to do something, I know how long it should take. Uh, you know, I, I can appreciate, you know, what, what I, I can appreciate, like what, what you know, what, you know, someone in operations is doing. You know, I, I can appreciate like if I say I want to make this change and I want to instead of practicing at this time, I want to practice at that time. I understand like what the ripple effect of that, you know, how many people that affects, you know, when you. You, you you change one thing and it you know it, you know you got you know you got a hundred people running around you know trying to make it happen you know there, there's a there's a lot of moving parts and so uh, because I've I've paid attention to all those things I've seen all those things I've done a lot of those things um, again you know we were GAs you know you there were, you didn't have like staff rooms with with forty people in there. You know, you had the, the the nine coaches, the head coaches, and the two the two GAs, and and that was it, man. Like everything that needed to be done was you got done with with those guys, and there was no job, there was no job too small um, for anyone. And uh, and I think that's the thing that the, the the guys that are, you know, again, I can appreciate guys wanting to go because I wanted to go, and and uh, and uh, but I think it's important to to appreciate the position that you have and appreciate the opportunity to learn uh, as much as you can without being the guy that's on the spot. 
because like you know because it's different when you're a support guy it's a it's, it's different when you're you know you're a ga you're an analyst you're a quality control guy you're you know this there's, there's a difference in being that guy and actually being the position coach being the coordinator being the head coach you know um and and uh and you're going to be more prepared for those opportunities you know if you learn as much as you can and you and you're like a sponge like at the very entry level and and the the guys that i've seen have the most success are guys that 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 really appreciated that that entry spot and did everything they possibly could for anyone was always available worked hard came early stay late did all that stuff and then when they then when they get to those different levels they appreciate them but they they're prepared they know what to do and they know how to learn they know how to adapt they know how to adjust and then then they can you know they can they can um they can be gainfully employed you know and, and be and, and provide value you know if you do that if you do that early in your career um you'll never have to look for a job I love it. We're going to do our second break. When we come back, I want to tell a story about when Mel and I were together in Cleveland in 2005, what I saw in him as a coach coaching me and our team and why I'm not surprised by his success today. We'll be right back. Here at Beyond the X's and O's, we don't shy away from real-life conversations. And today, we're talking about one of the most taboo topics, finances. U.S. Bank offers a wide range of credit cards for a wide variety of financial needs. And one of its most useful cards is the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card. With a low introductory APR for 24 billing cycles, this card is a tool for getting ahead. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is a savvy financial move for large purchases, unexpected expenses, and balance transfers. And with the ability to customize your payment date, this card gives you control over your financial future. Apply now at usbank.com slash platinum. With the U.S. Bank Visa Platinum card, you can be worry-free for the next two years. To see if you qualify for the best introductory APR out there, visit usbank.com slash platinum. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. So in 2005, I go to Cleveland. I get traded from the CLC Hawks under new coaching staff, and Romeo Cornell hires Mel Tucker, and he's there. And I'm not there long before I realize that we have a really good defensive staff. Um, Mel, the one thing I saw in you, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but, you know, I was in my, what was I in, my 12th year at the time in the league. Um, so I'd kind of, I'd seen a lot of coaches. I had seen a lot of systems. I'd seen a lot of cultures. And the one thing that stuck out right away was that you were a connector, um, that you could connect with coaches, players, um, front office people, everybody in the building, treat everybody the same. And and guys gravitated to you. Uh, so it's not a surprise to me that based on our last segment, you're talking about how you were a sponge, you learned everything, it's advice you give to people now. Well, you obviously absorb that because that's the coach I saw. So you climb the ladder quickly. What I want to know is what was that first head coaching experience like? And for you, it's kind of a twofold question, right? You're the interim of the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2011, and then you become the head coach at the University of Colorado. So you probably had two first head coaching job experiences uh what what were those like 
Yeah, that was uh, the, the interim, the interim um, job at Jacksonville was more difficult than any other um, any other opportunity that I've ever that I've ever had. It was more difficult, more complicated than than anything that I've done since then. Um, and that's that's really like um, that's kind of like, uh, you know, influence without power. You know, it's like, mm, you know how it is. Yeah. You're, you're, in the, you're in the NFL and you're not going oh. to the playoffs, right? And everyone knows you're not going to the playoffs. You're an animal coach. You know, you're not getting a job, right? Uh, that's for the most part. You're, n- you're not going to be the head coach. No matter who wants it, 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 it rarely happens. And you're not going to the playoffs. Um, there's a lot of guys on IR. And, you know, and how do you get better? How do you get the team to perform better? How do you get them to practice hard? How do you get, you know, and, uh, and, you know, how do you, you know, how do you, how do you get that done? And, you know, and then, you know, I'm still the defensive court. I'm still calling the defenses. And now I've got a TV show. I got a, you know, I've got a radio show. I've got three press conferences a week, you know, and you have all those things. And then, you know, the injury reports and meeting with the GM and all that stuff. We got a new owner at the same time, you know, Shaq Khan had just bought the team. You know, so and it was, and we had we had like three games in eleven days to start. We were like oh. Monday night, Monday, Sunday, Thursday. You know, oh. um, you know, right out right out the bat, and um, and it was. Uh, I think we led the league in IR th- that year, and so um, it was all about relationships. It was all about trust. It was all about relationships. I I mean, we, you, you you didn't have time to make changes. You know, you didn't. It, there was no revamping or anything. It was like, okay, like we're going to finish this thing off strong. We're going to get better. You know, we're going to play as hard as we possibly can. Um, and I, I, I remember I, I gave the team two words: love and discipline. That's what it, that's what all 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 come down to. We're going, you know, we're going to love each other. We're going to love the game, um, and we're going to have discipline. We're going to do what we're supposed to do, when we're supposed to do it, how we're supposed to do it. We're going to understand why it's important to do things a certain way. And, uh, and 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 that's the way it's going to be. And uh, but it was because of the relationships with the assistant coaches, um, you know, there's relationships with the players, you know, on both sides of the ball, you know, snappers, holders, you know, punter, kicker, you know, head trainer, you know, uh, assistant trainers, you know, cafeteria, you know, weight room. I mean, it was it was you know, you need everyone. To get, the, to get the job done um, and you need everyone pulling in the same direction and you need people to want to play for each other, to coach for each other and uh, you want people to, uh, you, you need to have mutual respect in, in that situation. If you don't have that, you can't get anything done and that's a long five games. You know, I mean, like, you you know that, that if you're not going to playoffs in the NFL, that. man... Bro, that is like that is like, I mean, it's just they're like dog years. Man, they're like each they're week's like, like a dog year. Like, each week is like a dog year. Every practice is like a dog year, um, but it wasn't like that for us. Um, but you know, fast forward to uh, you know to uh, to Colorado, um, you know that people told me they said it, it, they would ask me it, it's got to feel like you're you know drinking. Uh, water through a fire hose right now 
And I just chuckled to myself and I'm saying compared to the compared to the that experience in Jacksonville, those last five games and having 11 games, uh, three games in 11 days and new new owner and all that. This is nothing. This is not it's nothing. It's not. I had a chance. That I could hire a staff, you know, uh, you know, I could, uh, you know, I had time to, to, you know, to, you know, prepare for the for a season, prepare for an off season. It was like it was like slow motion. Uh, compared to that, so I was—I felt like I was thoroughly prepared um, for that. I was, you know, I was over prepared, you know, in a in a in a positive way, and uh, and you know, I felt like we were able to able to hit the ground running um, to uh, you know to do what we had to do to to to, to start the to you know build the program and and you know get us going in the right direction. So it was uh, two two totally different experiences. But I, I'll say this: um, I can remember being uh, the head coach of one of the teams in the spring game at Ohio State, and uh, as a very young coach, and uh, you know that was as daunting a task as as, I've, as I, I had up until that point. You know, is that with uh, Coach Tress? Yeah, that was that's what that's what Coach Tress and. Uh, yeah, you know, he, you know, he would he would do that, you know, and you know, I wasn't the coordinator, I was a defensive bats coach, and say, okay, you're going to be the head coach of, of this team, and uh, you know, there's, you know, I've never been part of any type of game that wasn't wasn't important, it didn't feel like life and death, and so yeah. uh, you know, doing that um, on that stage, you know, you go in the spring game in Ohio State, you know, and, you know, you know, fifty thousand, fifty, sixty thousand people there. You know, that and the expectations. Yeah, the expectation is good football. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Period. You know, so uh, you know that was really my first. Uh, that was really my first experience, and so, um, but you know, they all all those experiences they they kind of prepare you for for the next one, um, and so uh, and then you know so coming here at the Michigan State, um, you know it was just a it was just another it was just another experience another step, and I just. You know, uh, called upon my previous experiences to to be able to get the job done here. I love how you segued yourself there. You must be you must be a TV guy when you're done coaching. <laughs> you just basically teed yourself up like those experiences, the richness of what you went through, good and bad, Jaguar situation, the success you had at Colorado, launched you to now Michigan State, the place where you started your coaching career. You're doing an incredible job. Now, we're running out of time. I want to be really respectful of your time, Mel. So I really want two things here in the next eight minutes. Your take on name, image, likeness, and the portal, kind of how all that fits together. Uh, and then why, why a Spartan? Why should a young player out there want to be a Spartan? The floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah, so the portal. Um, I look at the portal like we like like we approach it in the NFL. You know, you got uh, you got the you know college, you got the draft, and you got free agency, and um, you know you want to build you want to build through the draft. So it's like we want to build through the high school ranks, but we're also going to use free agency and the portal to uh, to complement our, our roster. And and uh, you know we're not just trying to collect players; we're going to build a team, um, and we're going to you know use. The high school ranks and the portal, you know, to do that to the best of our ability, and it's here to stay. We embraced it. We're embracing it, um, and we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, our goal is to do is do the best job, to do the best job in the country at managing our roster um, and using the portal 
in the high school ranks uh, to build the best team that we could possibly build. Um, and, you know, name, name image, and likeness um, is, uh, again, uh, it's, it's new, um, but it's, it's here and it's real. It's, it's like it's right now. And so, um, and, you know, you, you look at it, I kind of look at it like, like the NFL, you know. Uh, you know, everyone in the NFL doesn't make the same amount of money, you know. And one guy might be in, in Nikes, another guy might be in Under Armour, another guy might be in Adidas, you know. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, but at the, at the end of the day, you know, you still have to uh, have a team. You have to build a football team. And you have to get guys to buy in to, 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 uh, to uh, something that's bigger than themselves. And uh, regardless of, you know, how many likes you have or what type of NIL deal you have or you don't have or whatever at the end of the day, like they build great teams in the NFL, you know. And so, uh, you know, why can't you do that at the college level? Well, you have to be able to do that because that's the world that we're, we're, we're living in now. It's, we, we're moving more towards that and, uh, and it's real. And so, I, you know, I embrace that, you know, and uh, – you, you you know how you know how it is you know in the NFL you know when you kick that ball off you know nobody's thinking about how much money guys make we're all equal baby <laughs> you know you're all you're all equal we're all equal and you know players coaches everybody we're you know you know we're you know we got a common goal and it's better for everyone if you win <laughs> you know it's better for everyone if you win and so um you know that's that's the that's the approach. That's how I see it, and we're going to navigate it um, to the best of our ability. You know why Michigan State? Michigan State has a great history. We have six national championships. Uh, we're one of uh, three teams that have been in the in the, uh, in the college football playoff. Um, you know, great uh, tradition in terms of integrating college football in the '60s, 1966. We had 20 uh, black players. You know, on on on, on our team um, is is really a trailblazer in that regard. It's always been a place of opportunity and diversity, and it's, a, it's the same way now. Um, our goal is to win a national championship uh, and, and, and compete, compete for national championships and be in that conversation year in and year out. The goal, the goal is to win every game on our schedule. We're going to do that through culture of connection, accountability, uh, sense of urgency, attention to detail, teamwork. Okay, We're, we're going to do it with the culture, and we're going to do it with a relentless mindset of high-velocity, uh, non-stop, day in and day out, striving to get better each and every day towards our goals. Uh, that's what we're in it for. We're going to recruit at a very, very high level, okay? And you will be prepared uh, when you leave here to go to the NFL, okay, or launch your career after football, beyond football, in the business world. We're going to prepare you to do either. Fourth and one every day, baby. You don't know any other way. <laughs> hey, this would all be useless. This whole conversation would be useless without um, talking about Joellen and the kids, uh, their their impact on your journey, uh, and how life's going for them. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a it's been a uh, it's been a long journey. You know, we've never been anywhere more than four more than four years um, <laughs> in this profession, and so uh, this is an opportunity. Uh, uh, to uh, to dig in, hunker down, and uh, and build something, and build something special. Um, this lasting, uh, and, you know, leave a legacy 
um, you know, and, uh, and, you know, my family's been, been on that, been on that journey with me. And, uh, and, you know, as you know, um, you know, you, you know, you, you kind of, you're kind of married to the game, <laughs> you know, you give, you give everything, you give everything you have, uh, to football, you know, and there's a lot of sacrifices, um, that, that, that you, that you, uh, that we take, you know, that, that we make, but it's, um, it's by choice. It's by choice. And so, um, you know, we're all fortunate when our, when we have, um, our families that, that are supportive and appreciate, you know, the things that, 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 that we, that we choose to do, uh, you know, in this game. And so, uh, you know, I've been, I've been very blessed. Well, Coach, it's been awesome. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your friendship. And go Spartans. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks for your friendship. I really appreciate you, man. And, and uh, more, than you, more than you would ever know, man. So thank you so much. Go Green. You got it. See you, buddy. Well, my bet would be on a big year for the Spartans in East Lansing. That was a great conversation with Coach Mel Tucker. Join us again next time on Beyond the X's and O's.